These sort of desks completely terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like video studios as well. What yeah. technology do you feel confident around? Uh, post-production stuff like editing facilities. Yes. That, that sort of stuff. Film Pretty, as well? F- like film cutting? Yeah. I, I did do that. Like when I first um, started for making years ago, like I shot on 16 mil and, and cut on a Steenbeck. You know, do you cut just, with scissors? You cut with this cool little guillotine um, thing that's specifically designed so you can strap the film in it and slice it, and then you tape it together with tape, like so it's cutting it up and sticky taping it together. And you have a big trim bin where you put all the off cuts. And so if you want to go back and change something, you end up spending a day digging through. <laughs> scraps of film looking for that one one or two frames that you cut out of somewhere and, and it's in there somewhere you know it's a nightmare do you feel surprised that in digital filmmaking editing isn't quicker <clears throat> it isn't quicker i guess um i guess coming from 16 mil editing i feel like <laughs> digital editing is amazing no but like the actual cuts the speed of cuts that people use oh like like, like the pace the, of the a rhythm, film the rhythm yeah of it. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's, de- it definitely gets, is getting faster and faster. I think, I think, you know, audiences are way more literate. You can, you can give them an idea in two seconds now compared to say like, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, totally. There's definitely like a feeling like I got it. Can we move on? Yeah. 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 It's funny. Actually, if you look at when you watch kids TV, it's frantic. You know what I mean? Like kids, you know, they're, they're so literate with, with images and you can smash through so much visuals. information. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Um, okay, don't Adele me. But I haven't seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a screener. I'm gonna go on June thirteenth at the state. Uh, great. Which is where everyone else should. Craig Borum. Thank you for being on movies, movies, movies. It's a huge honor. Yeah. We're old friends. Yeah. I'm very, for very excited. Me. I'm um I don't wanna say I'm surprised that it's playing at the state but i think it's iconic that an independent gay local film is playing at the state i'm i'm surprised that it's playing at the state we're, we're super excited about that we've we've never but actually no i have had a i've had a short film play at the state but i wasn't here for it i was i was overseas when it happened so i was really bummed about it so it's it's super exciting it's huge i guess a question that i wanted to ask is when you're making an independent film or when you're applying for grants, is there a point where you're like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Oh, there's a lot of those points, you know, and there's a lot of points where you're just like, oh, wow, maybe I should just be a landscape gardener. That'd be really nice and chilled and I could be outside. That answers you know? my next question, which is, what's your backup? Yeah. Landscape gardening. <laughs> That's where it goes through in my mind where it all gets really hard. I'm like, oh, gardening. I really like gardening. <laughs> but, um... 
Yeah, this film. I mean, this film we didn't we didn't apply for grants. We didn't we didn't um, seek traditional funding. Well, we just we knew we, it's a it's a pretty racy out there film. Or we just we didn't expect that we would get it. <laughs> and and I don't know. There was a, there was a, there was a lot of freedom in that as well. You know, it, it makes it harder, of course. Like you know, you're dealing with a um, smell of an oily rag kind of budget, but at the same time. You know, you have a lot. You have creative control. You can do whatever you want. You can sort of go nuts with it, which which we kind of did. And you also had like a really quick turnaround. I yeah. remember talking to you when you were writing the script, and it was done. I feel like two minutes. Two minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, just the nature of that. Well, because you know, I met I met um, Ben Ferris and Ulysses Oliver from Breathless Films, and they had this harebrained plan to to make a slate of um, low budget independent features. And the plan was to, to, you know, conceive it and make it within a year, which is pretty snappy for an Australian film. Um, mm-hmm. And we did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty quick. I got to ask you about the actual film. Mm-hmm. Give us a spiel. It's lonesome. Although I actually read, do you know Olivia Lang? She writes about, she, okay, I want to find a better word than fag hag. I want to say gay bay or something. But she writes about every gay artist ever. She writes about Derek Jarman. She writes about Andy Warhol. She writes about... Okay, Edward Hopper isn't gay, but... (laughs) She wrote this book called... um, Oh, God. The Lonely City. And Uh it's all about kind of her experience of loneliness through art when she moved to New York and was alone. Yeah. Um, This is a long-winded way of saying, I never knew lonely came from all one. Oh, really? All one. Which was nice. Ah, that's nice. And I was sort of looking and reading that when I was thinking about Lonesome. And I guess for a film that seems to be about intimacy, I guess I wanted to ask you what loneliness meant within that for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a nice little segue, I guess. I mean, it does does look at this theme of, of... being on your own in in this this cold heart bitch of a city, Sydney. I I think the um, the film is just littered with all these little characters who are spinning around on their own and 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 longing for something. That's that's kind of a it's kind of a you know underlying theme of the film. But ultimately, the film is about a boy from the boy from the country who um, has run away to the city, escaping a a scandal a scandal that went down okay. in the hometown one thing I've got to pull you up on he's never seen the sea he's from the inland but he has Nicole Kidman's skincare regime <laughs> he is so pale <laughs> yeah he's very pale he's, he's, the, he's the palest person alive <laughs> he's so pale and pasty how does he do it the big hat it's the big it's cowboy the big hat. hat it's the hat <laughs> um, twink and decline Twinker next door, Twinker in distress. Uh, how did you meet Josh? Is it Lavery? Lavery? Lavery, yeah. Um, Instagram, actually. I found Josh on Instagram um, via a short video he had done with um, Sissy Screens in Melbourne, who are a group that do um, queer, queer video stuff. And, and he did this confessional video talking about being a, a gay boy from the, from the, from the bush. He grew up in in isolation in a very small town and the first time he um, encountered another gay person was you know when he was like 14 or something and he was talking to sketchy dudes on on webcam chat and he told a story about that and i just thought oh that that um 
really resonates with the character. And then I found him on Instagram and and he had a pretty racy Instagram profile. So I thought, oh, he's probably going to be up for this for this film and, and I contacted him <clears throat> we started chatting about it and then he got he got booted off Instagram he got banned and so he disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth and then but fortunately he, he, he tracked me down got back in touch and then we continued chatting because he was based in Melbourne so we were, we were having a chat over over um, Zoom it was, it was pandemic times everything was Zoom mm-hmm. fab yeah and then you made the film <clears throat> then we made the film yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, the, now... so the film, yeah, the film happened. It was a bit of a miracle, really. We came out of lockdown. All the pre-production happened in lockdown, and then lockdown ended. And then we had this little window where we shot, and then two weeks later we went back into lockdown. So it was kind of, yeah. What was the most stressful thing for you <clears throat> about the film shoot? Uh, it was some of the most stressful times were, you know, we were shooting in the ocean around the ocean it was freezing cold <laughs> we were shooting a lot of um a lot of low light stuff in in you know dawn and sunset so there was a lot of speed you know and and because we were shooting the the whole schedule was like what do we shoot we shoot the whole film in four weeks um and there was a lot there's a lot of locations and there's quite a lot of cast like there's like 30 30 cast or something so we were we were kind of moving pretty fast mm-hmm. that was probably the the general stress of the whole shoot was just keeping it moving. How did you stay healthy? Uh, I don't know. I, I always know when I'm going into a film shoot that it's coming. So I, so the weeks leading up to it, I'm pretty good. Like I, I do lots of, lots of juicing and take vitamins like, like nobody's business just because I know it's going to be a slog. And it is. It's really, you know, that, that film shooting period is really brutal. Is there a magic moment? <clears throat> There's a lot actually. Like the um the two leads, um, Josh and Daniel are are pretty electric together. So there was just a lot of moments where I was just loving what they were doing, you know. That was that was they were always my highlights. <clears throat> and some of the images are just beautiful as well. Actually there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff we shot um out in the country, um out out past Goulburn, um in, in the in the Tablelands area. And um that was just Josh and Dean Francis, the cinematographer, who's also one of the producers, um, and me. <clears throat> and it was the first day Josh arrived in Sydney. He just got off the plane and we were like, well, we're going to go out to the country and shoot some landscape stuff. Do you want to come? And we did all this beautiful stuff with him in the in the, in the the country. And it was really just magic. It was just lovely yeah. to just have that very small kind of, well, crew of one and, and an actor and a camera and just, just do some stuff. Did it make you want to make films that way once you got into the stuff with, like, cast and crew? And... Uh, well, we kind of did make it that way. I mean, the, the crew was really small. Like, the, we, we, were, we were never a big, hefty crew. It was pretty lean, and I do like to work that way. I mean, I like I like giving the actors room to, to move and just to explore what they're doing with the scenes, and, and it's not you can do that with a kind of small crew. It's, 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 it's a bit easier. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of a thing. I, I more the more and more I make, the more I like to to keep it lean and mean and and mobile. You've also been like a mentor to so many queer filmmakers in Sydney, um, and I wondered, like, is there a moment that made you proud over the years of doing that? Oh, there's there's so many. Like, I love that. I love um, I love it when when up and coming filmmakers have a have a success. It's really exciting, especially if you've been involved with their 
their um you know development i guess um yeah it's 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 always exciting and there's a lot actually you know it's, it's good and it's good and it's good to see queer film local queer filmmakers telling interesting queer stories and and or fresh fresh takes on maybe stories that we've seen before um but yeah that's always that's always a thing and i, I do program the rainbow shorts at Flickrfest as well every year so it's it's nice to see what's happening in the short in the short film world you know all the time how long have you been doing that for i think we're i think we've done it for five years now i think we're coming up this next year will be the sixth i think holy shit <coughs> i um also oh wait sorry let me get my phone sorry there's this like how you going don't worry, we're not live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Imagine if we slid in here and we're like live on FBI and I wasn't playing any. This is a pre-record. Um, oh yeah, I guess I wanted to, because if we can't talk about this, we don't have to talk about it. But you were a sex worker in Brisbane when you were younger, before you moved to Sydney. And I guess I wanted to know like, what movies were you watching then? And uh, yeah, just what movies were you watching then? Oh, uh, what was I watching them? I guess I was really. Ah, uh, this is those early like I'm, I'm, I was obsessed with kind of like '90s art house kind of queer stuff. I really love um, Derek Jarman films, and I really love Wong Kar Wai, and you know those those kinds of things. Really, really, really '90s art house stuff that probably just wouldn't exist now. Like you know, you couldn't make those films now. Why can't you make them now? I don't know. I just feel I feel like the the audience is is, is less inclined to you watch. You reckon? Them. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? Oh my god! I reckon they're hungry for some art house. Mm, there. Yeah, that's the impression. Yeah, I'd like I get. I'd like I like to think that. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They need it. Yeah. They're craving it. They're craving yeah. a point of difference, Craig. <laughs> We're good. Suffering well, that's good. out there. That's exciting. Then that's good. <laughs> Yeah, and then I guess when you were doing, when you were working in Queensland, did you, like, what was the shift? When were you like, I'm going to be a filmmaker, I'm going to pursue film? Uh, I, I I sort of came to film in a really weird way. So I, I, I was working in, you know, so I did a hairdressing apprenticeship after school because, you know, the, because I was gay and I thought that that's what you had to do. And so I, <laughs> I did that for a while and then... Okay, but was that fun? Yeah, it was great. And is it kind of like editing? Yeah. 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 Oh, I, maybe that's my backup. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. a bit clumsy. I actually have trauma around hairdressing because when I was three, shout out to Charlotte, I, I played hairdressers. Uh. <laughs> I got in so much trouble. She had the most beautiful curly hair. Oh, no. And I made her look like Annie. Yeah. No, yeah. actually, I didn't get that far, but it was like... Yeah, curly hair is risky. Well, you yeah. just don't cut when you're three. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, a bit more training. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I went from hairdressing into... I did some styling stuff, and then I got into doing wigs at, for um, theatre. And then from that, I sort of moved into production design stuff i just really enjoyed that world of of um costume and design and my 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 trajectory at the time i thought i was going to go into production design i wanted to um i wanted to study that and i applied for nida to do production design and i also applied for uts to do to do film just on a, on a whim and i got into uts and then i um went yeah i'll do that and I loved it. I was really into it. And I was kind of like, I was quite, 
quite politically active in in terms of you know the queer movement because you know growing up in Queensland it was still illegal to be gay when I was when I was a um, teen, um, so I was pretty involved in that whole progression of you know decriminalization and then age of consent changes and all, all, all of those things. So I, I was always driven by telling queer stories and and you know putting putting queer people on screen. And I still am like that's, that's what was the your thing first breakthrough. Me. Like, I keep thinking about how everyone seemed kind of, like, weirdly... I'm trying to think about, contextualise what the last election meant in a weird way, because I don't feel like anyone felt like it was going to happen that way. Mm -hmm. And everyone was kind of in disbelief and then pleasantly surprised, or that I know. Yeah. And I wonder how we're going to look back at those nine years of conservative rule. Like, that's pretty much my whole 20s. Yeah. was, like, scary Liberal Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think we'll realise how bad it was until, like, in 10 years' time. Yeah. But, it, it like, we had already come so far. I mean, we, within that time, still had, like, the yes vote, even though it was really, you know, complicated. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, full of full of pain and wasn't everything. You know what I mean? And, mm. and I'm wondering, like, from going from, like, everything being illegal and growing up in isolation when was the first moment where you were like surprised that actually community had your back or something or like things moved forward i think it was actually yeah getting getting involved in in that initial decriminalization movement in in brisbane at the time um because queensland was very conservative at the time and had been for a long time as, as well and i think f just just finding those those active queers you know who were really motivated to to do something about it like that was a real that was a real wake up for me like and it was a real moment of of connecting with community i guess yeah and that that's i guess that was that was a big what date when did it decriminalize oh when was it was it was it like 89 or 90 or something like that Holy shit. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. I can't believe it was so recent. Yeah. It's so fucked up looking at, like, I've been looking at the Dr. Dunstan, not Dr. Duncan case in Adelaide and, like, all these, like, all these beat murders essentially by cops mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when no one comes out about it. And it's like, anyway, I don't know what my point is there. It's just, <laughs> it's fucking bleak. Yeah. And uh, you live through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the history is bleak, definitely, for and sure. And recent. Yeah, it's true. Wouldn't be hard to go back there, I don't think. It's true. And, you know, I, I do think that a lot. Like, I think, you know, I think that, I don't know, maybe it's just being older and, and seeing that, that that period of transition happen so easily. Well, not, not easily from, from our point of view, like it was hard fucking work. But, but you know, the, the shifts um, can happen really, really, really easily. Yeah. So it can, it can swing back the other way, um, you know. You have to be vigilant. Yeah, you do. Is lonesome vigilance? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Lonesome, Lonesome is definitely um, pushing some boundaries. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty fun ride as a film. It's a it's a pretty sexy film. Um, yeah. Why was that important to you? Uh, it was important to me because you know I didn't I didn't want to do a film about gay men and 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 you know inner city sex culture and pan away to a tree every time someone had had sex i wanted to sort of stay stay with them and and look at those little moments of connection or of avoiding connection within those those um transactions i guess i keep reading articles about how people are having less sex or people are more isolated um and how films aren't 
like aren't making they're not making erotic thrillers anymore yeah um like some people are blaming the me too movement and saying people are becoming more sexually conservative which i think is bullshit i don't think that consent isn't sex you know what i mean like it's not that's not that's not the answer but um i think i think a lot of people are scared to to talk about a lot of a lot of filmmakers and film producers and (laughs) you know i mean i think i definitely think there's a conservatism in in that distribution path i mean well, i know there is i mean we're, we're distributing a pretty racy film at the moment so i know that there's been a lot of conversations around whether things should be cut or you know should mm-hmm. there be different versions of the film you know which we've been negotiating but um yeah i mean i f- i feel like that's a good reason to push back against that i mean and do and do you know do something i mean i think i don't think that's coming from audiences. I don't. I don't think it's true that people don't want to see that stuff or hear those stories. I think it's more probably industry fear. You know. Yeah, I feel like it's important. I also like. I remember going to afters, and it's completely different. It's not sexuality, but it was just representation in general. Yeah. People got so scared of getting cancelled yeah. or following like the wrong protocol. Um, especially to do with like representation of indigenous Australians, which yeah. is you have to be respectful. You have to go through the council. You have to, you have to do the right thing. But instead of doing the right thing, people just didn't do it. And I was like, well, what's worse? Complete yeah. erasure. Well, yeah. Then, then you just kind of, then you have erasure. Invisibilize people. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think we're at a point to, um, I mean, there, there's the same thing with, 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 with queer characters, you know, there's, there, there can be readings of, characters in films that you know people will will argue you know are bad because they're bad representation for the community but you got to always remember that characters in films are characters in films and they're not they're not meant to represent everybody in the in the community and it's 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 fun to have you know queer characters that make shit decisions and and do do dodgy stuff better them than you yeah (laughs) i'm like i don't understand anyone that wants a character that just does everything that they want it's like i learned a lot about what not to do from hannah horvath (laughs) (laughs) fucking necessary (laughs) and it's really boring to watch it's like you end up with a whole bunch of nice gays who, who who like each other and that's you know that's great but that's the great british bake-off that's not drama that's like if everyone's nice and gets along that's not um that's not interesting film i don't think i think we should leave it at that thank you so much for coming in craig thank bestie you. thank you it's so fun to see you <laughs> it's so nice to see you okay this podcast is produced by fbi radio in sydney find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts